Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming. It's a windy old day in Auckland and the fortress, the podcast studio where I am podcasting in currently is getting blown around and I feel like the fortress, aka the podcast studio, is a bit angry with me and maybe, maybe, maybe she has a point. Uh, I'm selling the caravan uh, so for those who have just joined the podcast, it's been a bit of a journey. We part crowdfunded the caravan, we decked it out with microphones and cameras and live stream. What I hadn't anticipated is this, is the setup and uh, the driving around this huge trailer and <laughs> that kind of stuff. So uh, in short, I'm selling the caravan, I've sold the caravan and I am investing in a little van. And I'm going to make a tidy little studio in a van, and I'm going to drive that around. So that's just keeping you up to date. Um, it's been an interesting journey, this idea of having a mobile studio. I mean, I can live stream from this, uh, I can Skype in guests, I can have guests here. Um, it's been awesome. It's been a driver for me to have these conversations, to invite people, to get them out of the norm. And I hope my podcast is... Um, is doing that for you because it's doing that for me and and I still I still feel like there's there's lots of place to go in this podcast some weeks I I go up and I go down because you know that's the thing about blowing your mind or attempting to is that it's not always pretty you know you have to change your ideas you have to adapt your thinking you have to be brave sometime to tell others that their way of thinking is not your way of thinking and we're all doing this right that's what the online world is teaching us is that we all have a way of thinking and now we can all share it so i guess the through line keep talking keep thinking keep going it's probably the meaning of life or something like that okay team this week i'm talking to andre king and i really do mean it when i say that he's one of my favorite people on this planet in the realm to talk to He's just one of those people who get it. <laughs> he's a comedian. He's an actor. I call him a philosopher. He's someone I would want next to my side when the White Walkers come. So, yeah, enjoy our chat. We go all over the place. Uh, we really do go all over the place. But these are the type of chats that I aspire to have on Please Blow My Mind. And sometimes it's harder with the high-profile guests to just, you know, go with the flow. But uh, I think that going with the flow requires some practice, you know, some practice to take off the autopilot drive, to get back into that manual zone and, you know, connect with people. And ultimately, probably that's what this whole thing is about. Let's get into this episode with Andre King. Thank you all for joining me on Please Blow My Mind, and thank you for blowing my mind. This episode of Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming, is brought to you by floatculture.co.nz. Float Culture is Auckland's leading flotation tank centre created for the well-being of the body and mind. 
When you float with folkculture.co.nz, you'll create meaningful and lasting change with mindfulness and complete physical relaxation. Floating will become an integral part of your busy lifestyle. Float Culture is motivated to ensure that the entire experience achieves maximum relaxation, happiness and relief for you. So if you want to be part of the float culture scene in New Zealand, visit floatculture.co.nz to book your float and blow your mind right now. As a very special offer to you, the Please Blow My Mind listener, you'll get 20% off your next float by using the promo code MINDBLOWING, all one word. Visit floatculture.co.nz and book your float today. We live in a world that encourages us to remove ourselves from the human experience. Whether it's looking at our phones too long, forgetting how to talk to someone face to face, or just straight up giving in and convincing ourselves that a chicken nugget is actual food. It's not food, it's violence. I don't know about you, but this freaks me out. So I've started a podcast, my antidote to this silliness. It's time to blow our minds. My name is Will Fleming. Welcome to my podcast, Please Blow My Mind. For many people, they're going to enjoy that sound. You didn't know about this? No, I know nothing about it. So it's the whole thing now is um, we've all been online too much. Mm -hmm. And it's having ramifications in the real world. And one of those things is like, who knew you needed to have the feeling and the experience of hearing someone eat? Apparently eating and recording eating sounds on YouTube is huge. So we'll just give the folks at home just a couple couple seconds of Andre Eats. All right. Yeah. I'm going to join in. <laughs> It's actually really fun. This is so stupid. No, this could be a, this could be a show for us. Yeah. Like, does it work better with crunchy stuff? I don't know. I worked at a um, Korean shopping channel. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> not the funny part. It sounds like the beginning of a joke, though. <laughs> this one time I was, when I was working at this Korean shopping channel. Um, <laughs> it was a bit of a joke, to be fair, but um, Koreans are really big. So they told me I should start a YouTube channel where I eat. Mm-hmm. There's like super celebrities over there who get paid to sit down and have different types of food. I'm telling you, man, there's something in that eating thing. It's like we're built for that too. And I'm, I'm serious. Like I gave up competitive eating a long time ago. You did competitive eating? No. Okay. It just looked like it. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like I was constantly in training. <laughs> <laughs> like we were running out of time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I can remember once I went to um, Dreamworld. Yeah. And ate two whole roast chickens by myself <laughs> in like 20 minutes. Yes, you did. Yeah. And it had a two litre Coke because there was this other guy. I was over there on a like a rugby tour. Yeah. And the guy that I was being billeted with, he basically laid down the challenge and said, I can eat more than you. And I was like, whatever. And he's like, no, no, I can. I was like, okay. 
well then, look, there's a roast chicken place over there. Let's go and get some roast chickens. <laughs> yeah. And he looked at me and went, chickens? I went, well, I'm not sharing mine with you. He goes, oh, okay, fine. So he went up and bought a chicken. I went, what are you doing? It says you said you wanted to get some chicken. I said, chickens. He's like, what? I went, two chickens, man. Get two chickens. He's like, I'm not buying you a chicken. I said, I'm getting two chickens too. We are having four chickens for lunch today. <laughs> he ran out after the first chicken, man. True. He ended up having to carry that chicken round around Dreamworld all day. <laughs> there are people walking around going, oh, look, it's that chicken guy. <laughs> Still, he's down to the carcass. Mm. Um, but you nailed your two chickens. Oh, no, yeah, man. Yeah, because that whole thing with the Coke, and it, it's like a little hack, eh? It's like a little... There's certain things in life, you know, where it's like, uh, what did I... The, apparently, the scientists who created Doritos created them in a way that they would dissolve in your mouth after three chomps, and they didn't want it to dissolve at four or two; had to be three or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they had worked out that if it wasn't exactly that, your body would film—not film—your body would create a, a, a thin layer of fat film on the top of your mouth, which, when you eat fat. It's exactly what it does. It, you, at a certain point, fat doesn't taste nice anymore. It's delicious. It's delicious. Mm. And then your body's like, no, I've had enough. Because it's its way of regulating. But they hack all these things. That's exactly what a sausage roll is. And that's what Coke does. Just keeps hacking. It hacks you so you have to eat. Let's get back to hearing some of Andre eats. Some of that hacking. <laughs> Andre, while you eat... I want to tell you a couple of things. Okay, tell me something. One, you're one of my favourite people just in the world. No, nah, just because like, if 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 the walkers, if the White Walkers are coming, mm. if winter is here, mm. I'd like an Andre King next to me. Because here's here's what I like about you. I can hold a door. <laughs> <laughs> that, okay. but but also, um, you're smart. And you're really tough. And I feel like those are two things. I only have one of those things. I'm only really tough. I'm not either of those things. <laughs> That's not true. No, well, there's a fine line between smart and 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 not smart. Okay, what about street smart then? You know, like, if the White Walkers are coming, you don't mm. need to be like E equals MC squared. You need to be like, we need that sharp stick put onto this little thing to create a weapon Andre you would deliver on that I do know where to find a boat a ton of like obsidian what's obsidian oh that stuff that they I don't know come on man it's, a, it's volcanic glass <laughs> okay is that what that kills the yeah okay sweet <laughs> no wonder I didn't like season 8 did you like season 8 I did not Okay, can we get into that? So, should we just preface spoilers, all that stuff? So, if you haven't seen season eight, if you yet to watch Game of Thrones, pause, go do that. See you in another realm. Let's get into this because I, I've had some big arguments with friends. Okay, what did you argue about? <laughs> What's Obsidian? No, <laughs> I, um, I argued about the fact that. It just felt. It wasn't a good ending. It was an ending 
So here's what their arguments were, because I don't really have arguments. Their arguments were the story owes us nothing. The fact that it didn't end the way you wanted it to end. Who cares? That's not that that's not for you. That's the ending they decided. And you just wanted this was the main criticism about me whinging about season eight. All I wanted was the Avengers ending. Everything tied up in a neat bow and sent off into the sunset. Yeah. And when my friend Guy said that to me, I was not I was kinda I I sat there and I was like, okay, maybe maybe you got a point. Like his criticism was audiences are too dumb now that if they don't tie every single thing up, um, we're left sitting unhappy and because we have the internet, we then go and complain to the rest of the world. Okay. <clears throat> are you well fed now? Uh, yeah. Okay. Ernest Hemingway mm. once told a story in five words. Mm. Do you know the story? No. Of course I don't. Five words. Because uh, a, a guy, he was being interviewed by a journalist. Okay. And um, the journalist said, you know, F. Scott Fitzgerald, when he writes, there's prose and it's very sort of flowery and, you know, there's, there's so many words, but your stories are so short and to the point of being blunt. Mm. You know, why don't you, why don't you put more sort of actual writing into your books? And he says, well, how many words do you need to tell a story? And he says, five. I, I can tell a story in five words. And the journalist is like, bullshit. He's like, okay. Um, for sale. Baby's cot. Unused. That's it. From those five words, you can extrapolate that there was a baby. In order for there to have been a baby, there must be a mother and a father or some variation in this modern day age mm-hmm. uh, of, of parent. Um, they've bought a cot. There's certain hopes and aspirations when you buy a cot with regards to what's the child going to be, um, what's the child going to grow up to become, what are you going to be able to nurture but they're selling the cot. Why? Mm. Because the baby's no longer coming. Why is the baby's cot no longer coming? It's unused. Therefore, they never even got the chance to use it. Mm. In addition to that, they're selling it unused, which means for the couple... They're not trying again, which then leads you down the path of, well, maybe the tragedy was so much that they've had to separate, and that's the tragedy. Mm. From five words, you can extrapolate an entire storyline. So this whole idea, as far as uh, Game of Thrones goes, that, oh, it's not the ending we wanted, yeah. Oh, I wanted Arya to kill the Queen. And, oh, I wanted John to kill the Night King. And oh, I wanted this to do that and this to happen. And I wanted the Queen and John to have babies, even though he, she was his aunt. And it's all a bit incestuous, and they would have come out a bit boogity. Life is not like that um now the other thing is is that the 
television show deviates relatively significantly from the books. Caitlin Stark is alive in the books. Caitlin Stark's uh, Caitlin Stark hangs Brienne of Tarth for failing to look after her kids in the books, but not so in the TV series. Mm. And my, I actually think that um, the TV series was that storyline was specifically for the TV series, yeah. and that the storyline in the books is going to be very different from what the TV series is. Mm. What I am pissed about is that they gypped us in season seven, giving us only seven episodes. And then in season eight, they stitched us up again Mm. by giving us, like making us wait two years for it Two years for that storyline, and let's face it, the storyline was a bit pants, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and we, but we had to wait two years for that to come out. Mind you, we've been waiting about bloody 10, 12 years for the Avengers. No, war, Winds of War or something. I think it's called. Oh, what's that? His last book in oh, the series. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What's that dude like? Do you think? Have you trying to analyze them from afar? Uh uh-uh. uh, what is it? George R. R. Martin? Do you think he's like genius? A pirate? Oh. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, do you reckon he's kind of like, um, do you think it's like a giant plan where he's like, right, let's let the TV show get a bit of buzz going? It'll fall over because they haven't finished it. I don't, I don't think that's. I don't think he's thought that far ahead. Otherwise, he might have had the storylines already mapped out. Because <laughs> that's that's a pretty big red flag. Yeah, eh? it's like yeah, we uh, haven't finished. Okay, well, we've got a schedule to go to. We're gonna carry on, mate. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't think he's. I don't, I don't think he's thought that far ahead. Realistically, here's what I love about the ending of those type of things, is that. Remember when Christmas took ages to come when you were a kid? Yes. And birthdays, ages. Like some serious time was invested in like, I've got six weeks to go. This is a long time to wait. Um, This is the kind of feeling I got with these shows. Like Mm. the feeling I get when a new movie comes out is if I see that film, it's going to be, I'm going to be a little bit better off because I've seen it. It's just never the case. It's ne- I never even even Avengers, right? Like a, like half a day goes by, and actually, like the real stuff is the most important stuff. I told my wife, yeah, that if I died mm. before Endgame came out, <laughs> yeah, that she was to write to Marvel <laughs> and tell them what a pack of assholes they were. <laughs> For, for <laughs> making you wait for for having the release date past the date that I died. Is there something to Guy's point? I'm referencing Guy Pigden here. He's a filmmaker. Um, yeah, I saw, I saw the I saw his podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's we we like to talk like he looks a bit like um he's a wrestler. I probably won't say what I was going to no, say. No, go say it because no. he'll love it. <laughs> he'll, he'll he'll love it. Uh, well, I I saw the podcast that you did, and I and I I genuinely thought it was um, oh, Captain Planet. No, this is bad form. MacGyver I, from the eighties. No, the guy who played Gollum. Oh, um, 
Andy Circus. Andy Circus. I, wow. I thought because he because I, I just sort of glanced at the screen and he has those kind of eyes, cool, and the hairdo. And I thought, is that Andy Circus? Have you got Andy Circus on? Wow. Oh my god! Good on you. Rob. How big is this podcast getting? <laughs> and then you realised it was Guy. And then I had a look at it. Guy Pigton. No, he's yeah. a good man. He'll he'll enjoy this. We always give each other a bit of stick. He's he's someone like us, just trying to trying to trying to do stuff, I'm trying to get by, trying to get by. We're all trying to get by, and this is where the podcast fits in because this podcast will help people get by today. I, I hope so. Yeah, I mean that's the only way. Otherwise, what's your options? Just sitting around listening <laughs> to videos of people eat. No, you're just sitting around. <laughs> That'll help you too. <laughs> Not if you're real hungry. Anyway, Not, don't. Yeah. Sorry. Like, not a lot of airplay in <laughs> Ethiopia. I'm picking. <laughs> no. Oh, no, it's fine. I am fooled by osmosis. <laughs> Andre King. <laughs> um, That's probably inappropriate. Yeah, but look, here's the other thing, right, is the more we go down this path of PC and everything has to uh, fit into a certain box, Like, I, we don't fit in a box. Like, we just about don't fit in this box we pretty much we almost don't fit in this box we can't you know there's since we first spoke a lot's changed in the world we probably caught up when 2013 or something for our first kind mm. of podcast mm. and the world was a different place back then you, was, you could was, fart and it was still funny it's still funny now yeah maybe it is don't do it <laughs> I'm, I'm not i'm not in the mood for that kind of funny <laughs> yeah because it's 2019 <laughs> but my point is is like we've we've, we've had to start reimagining society and i mean we've always been reimagining society but um there's so many things now that you know the, the word triggered didn't exist then hmm. you're triggered you know the fact that you can say that, something that triggers someone now that word still doesn't exist for me yeah good i mean it exists for me but only because i'm you know i was saying it on purpose that i'd like you when the white walkers come because i'm a little bit scared sometimes you know, I'm not that, even though I, I'm quite a big person inside, I'm like a little Frodo, you know. I actually had this uh, idea for a short, which was called, um, I'll get back to the name. I'm a little Frodo? No, it was basically, I'm a little Frodo, that's the song, sung by Ed Sheeran. But <laughs> basically it was about me playing um, a hobbit, but the small gene didn't get passed on. So I'm rolling around as this hobbit. Like the movie Elf. In the Shire. Yeah. Yeah. But in the Shire. And I just imagine like, just like this big oomphah who just cruises around. Well, that's pretty much, that's pretty much my childhood. <laughs> Growing up in this little town, Mangakino, I was always bigger than everyone else. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I should be glad I wasn't born in Asia. Otherwise, you'd be walking down the street, they'd just be pointing up at you going, Oh, Godzilla! <laughs> yeah. You'd have your own show, an eating show. Run, he come to destroy the village! <laughs> Triggered. <laughs> Triggered. But, you know, like, you, you're someone who does represent... I said at the beginning, you know, you're one of my favourite people because it feels like you're, you're okay in your own skin, right? Yeah. And that's a thing that... How the hell do most people get to that? I'm, I'm not there. I mean, I like myself. Heck, I love myself. But I'm still not confident if someone critiques me hard. You know, I'm still not confident to stand up and and if I had to stand up in front of a lot of people and say, this is what I believe and why, I actually don't know what I'd say. Well, the thing is, right, um, there's pretty much nothing 
anyone can say to me at this point that I haven't already thought about myself. Right. Right. You know, people can sit there and go, look at that fat bastard. And say, like, yeah, I've, I've thought that myself. Yeah, you know, I've, I've caught glimpses of myself, you know, and window reflections as I've strolled past, and I've sort of gone, ah, look at that fat bar. Oh, that's me. That's that's me there. Huh. You know, and the the reality is, is that if uh, if somebody you, you can't control what anybody else thinks, mm. right? Um, you don't have a remote control for anybody else's emotions. Um. That's, which is why I don't think this whole triggered thing was actually a thing. Mm. I mean, you can take offence. You can you can be pissed off. Triggered is just a, a new name for the same old shit. Mm. Um, but whether or not something I say pisses someone off or triggers them or they take offence to it and... Yeah. Would this be fair? Before you worry about how I make you feel, consider how you make yourself feel. Oh, I don't know if I even bother going that deep into it. <laughs> yeah. It's there's, a part, a, yeah. there's a certain amount of apathy, I think, that you just have to accept. Mm. Uh, and and it, it does make travelling through life a whole lot easier, I think, just... Being cool and groovy and, and hanging out. I mean, I, I I have very few rules in my life, but essentially they are try to be kind, um, and and do stuff that makes you feel good. That's awesome. That's about it. Mm. You know. Do you think though that you've okay? So a lot of the podcast guests i try and extract out of them something that acknowledges how you got to that point and here's my running theory and it's always been my running theory that if it doesn't break you it makes you stronger i didn't make that up but it's, yeah, it's okay a, well okay well hold on, hold on that doesn't work when it comes to stuff like polio yeah <laughs> okay okay yeah 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 well okay what uh, le- let me try again learning to overcome the things you don't like but uh-huh. are changeable. Well, <laughs> like how you look at me. Mm-hmm. Where are we going? Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> You're losing the Use your words. <laughs> Oscar Cotley said that to me. He was my first podcast guest. And I sat there and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to say. And he's like, William, use your words. Yeah. I was like, okay, uh, okay. I, 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 think, I, I think I know what you're trying to say, yeah. right? The, um, but like, like I, like I mentioned before, apathy, apathy is the key. Mm. You know, just not giving a shit. Mm. If uh, if you don't give a shit about something, then it's really difficult to get angry about it because you don't care enough about it in the first place to be triggered. Mm. You know, um, is there racism in the world? Yes. Am I racist? Probably. Sometimes. Yes. More than likely. But do I do I say racist stuff to be mean? No. Mm. Because I'm 
a comedian and a lot of the stuff that we talk about as comedians is uh is playing with stereotypes and sort of pushing those boundaries and sometimes it makes it funnier to do an accent even if it's not yours mm. now i know that there are people out there who go oh you can't do that accent that's very racist it's like well it's it's not racist because that's how it sounds and if you recognize it and think that it's racist, it's because you recognize it as being accurate. Hmm. And if you recognize it as being accurate, then it's the same thought you've had in your head. And what you're actually telling me is that you don't want me to make you feel like a racist because you've had the same thoughts. <sighs> you just went deep. Way deeper than I ever cared to. <laughs> See what a good sausage roll. <laughs> See how a sausage roll inside a caravan will frame it. I up. had to. I had to eat something, man. That's I had cool. To, I had to break my fast. Well, you've also brought some other delicious stuff that we could. We could. Yes. Well, I could watch you eat this. This episode proudly sponsored by Andre Eats. <laughs> Donuts for those watching on YouTube. Um. You gotta bring. You gotta bring something when you. you that's what I mean, man. You're operating at a different level. You bring gifts. You're. You've worked out how to. How to just be yourself, and you've worked out how to be yourself in. No, thank you. In lots of different environments. Um, tell me about what you're up to now. You're. You're. Are you still doing the? You're like a pirate. Yeah. Cru- cruising around the world, yeah. cracking people up. You are really just like that Johnny Depp character. <laughs> good looking uh, it's mysterious yeah yeah um yeah. Mm. you gotta be a clean comic though eh? when you're on boats i'm a clean comic anyway usually yeah. yeah yeah what does clean mean though like if you put it under that um pc rubric so you can be challenging you can be you can say things that confront is 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 clean just cutting out f-bomb and Clean is a style of comedy that most people, when they hear it, go, ooh, ooh, mm. ooh. Um, yeah, because they they have this sort of image in their head of clean comedians being like the, the saccharine, sweet kind of 80s TV sitcoms where everything is canned laughter and they're really shithouse jokes. Mm. Um, but... Clean comedy, like Brian Regan is probably the best clean comic in the world right now. Um, Jeff Dunham, with his puppets, uh, makes millions of dollars a year off of doing clean comedy. Uh, it's it's a it's a style that doesn't use uh, any kind of swearing. Um, talks about subjects in an adult manner without feeling the need to make it blue in order to get the laugh. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's it's quite odd because uh, in this day and age, back in, in the days of Lenny Bruce, right, getting up on stage, it was edgy for him to get up and swear mm. because people just did not do that in public, you know. Um, but then... Once uh, he was doing it, and uh, there was a couple of other guys, uh, a guy called Sal, he was doing it, and 
Um, and then you had all these other guys, these black guys, uh, who had been doing it for years and putting out these albums called party albums, right? Like Red Fox, Red Fox mm. back in the day, he's up on stage just swearing like a trooper, but because he was black, nobody was giving him the airplay that he wanted other than sort of black people. Right, so he was real popular amongst black people, but no, no one in mainstream sort of mm. white America had really sort of listened to him because he's a black comic, um, and they still had that segregation thing going on. And then Lenny Bruce brought out this whole swearing thing on stage, and then that then metastasized into uh, this uh, this new age of uh, of comedians coming out who didn't wear suits on stage just walked out in whatever they happened to be wearing and start talking about you know these geopolitical movements and social sort of anxieties that were going on within themselves and society in general and they were all swearing and i think it must have been around the 90s that getting up on stage as a comic and swearing suddenly just went mainstream. Right. It's now mainstream. Mm. So it's actually more edgy in this day and age to get up on stage and entertain a room full of adults and not swear. It's way more dangerous. That's so interesting. That's so, that's so interesting. L- let me let us stay on the kind of comedy thing but let me run something past you because you know I like to run things past you mm. I have, I, we catch up every couple of years and in those times I'm thinking of stuff and I think oh, I'll ask Andre about that so I've been trying to think about um, the fact that things that we think are good for us or things that we implement mm. sometimes come back to bite us like we thought fat was the problem so we took fat out of food but the food tasted like shit so we had to add something to make it taste yum we added sugar and we killed way more people that way now we've actually gone back and fat's good now it's the healthy friend but it was the enemy butter was the enemy you know now it's like keto and all the carnivore go high fat you just wouldn't imagine a world where it's like that so it got me thinking if i'm not naive i am naive but i'm not naive enough to think that everything is opposite but what about this as a theory every second thing is opposite (laughs) <laughs> that's not the face I wanted but it's the face I deserve every second thing is opposite yeah but like because you're talking about like comedy right and it was edgy to swear hmm. and then everyone swears so what's edgy is the option no one would choose which hmm. is clean that's opposite well it's not yeah. it's not everything is opposite it's every second thing is it's, opposite it's more an omission you know it's like uh it's like saying black is not a color black is the absence of color Ooh. <laughs> yeah. yeah black's a color <laughs> um if i can if, I, if it's in a packet of paints if it's in a packet of felt tip pens it's a color true right yeah okay all right i'll, th- I'll think they, some more. they actually have to add black dye to that felt tip pen true in order for it to be a black felt tip pen yeah yeah um so clean comedy um is that challenging when you're when you're i mean because what's the audience when you're playing to like a ship full of people well you um you have to take into account that a lot of the people on ships are older 
Um, they're atypically Caucasian or Asian, um, certainly down around this neck of the woods. Um, and, you know, they, they have a relatively high level of education, but they are on holiday. Mm. And a cruise ship is an ideal place for you to go a bit feral. Cabin fever. Well, it's not so much cabin fever, but I've always looked at um, cruise ships as being the opportunity for like middle-aged and older adults to relive their childhoods. <laughs> because if you think about it, you, you wake up in the morning, you crawl out of bed, you don't make the bed. You just throw on whatever clothes you got handy. You don't have a wash, nothing like that. You just you just stroll up to like the buffet, the buffet restaurant that they've got up on the top deck there. You eat a breakfast that someone else has prepared for you. You just leave your dishes on the bench. You stroll back to your room, your cabin. Somebody's been in, made your bed, dropped off your washing, folded it. True that. You put your togs on, right? Your bathers. You stroll up, sit by the pool. And complain about how slow the internet is. <laughs> the only thing that's missing is you getting your mate to pass a note down to that girl at the end <laughs> with a checkbox saying, do you like me, yes or no? <laughs> Have you considered this being your opening? I've, I've thought about it, man. I've put some thought into this. Calling them out straight away. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Um, you know, because, okay, let's go with the black is... A colour, right? Mm. It's the same thing. The boat, it's not the same thing. The boat is two things. Ships. The ship. Boats hang off ships. The the dinghy. The dinghy. Um, It's a place where people go on a holiday. That's what we call it. Mm. But it's more than that, isn't it? It's a... It's a microcosm of society. You got it, man. And it's two things. And that's what black is too. It's a bubble. Yeah. Like the, the whole Christchurch thing. Um, happened when I was on board a ship. Right. Um, and, of course, when it happened, there were people on board who had heard the news and told me about it and then asked me if I'd seen the video. Oof. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm. And they explained that this guy had videoed the whole thing and then started playing it. And I went, dude, I don't want to watch this. Mm. This is, I I do not want to, this is my home. This is my backyard. I do not want to watch that video. In fact, I'm probably going to have to call some people that I know to make sure that they're okay. Mm. I don't have time to watch a video like that. I don't have an inclination to watch a video like that. So the thing is, I didn't get this news until 24 hours after it had happened. Right. So, you know, you do end up being in this this bubble unto yourself. There's not a lot of news that sort of filters through because the internet's typically so slow. Um, Overall, though, is that like a, is that a healthier place for you, or you know, if you're thinking about self-managing, kind of your mind and 
that kind of stuff. Because I, I imagine it'd be pretty hard to not go nuts at the um, what's the breakfast thing called buffet? Buffet? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. You mean it's not easy to control it? No, it's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. The um, you just get used to it. Well, when I first started. It was like, wow, this place is amazing. Yeah. And every morning I got up, had a big breakfast. So bacon, eggs, toast, baked beans, French toast, cups of coffee, uh, followed by a couple of Danish pastries and another cup of coffee and a few cigarettes. Oh, I've got smoking, by the way. Have you? Um, Do you miss it? Yeah. I've got a theory every on day. smoking. Can we talk? We'll just pin smoking because I want to come back okay. to that. Yeah. Um, every day uh, I would have that for breakfast. And... Then I noticed, oh, these, these pants don't quite fit very well anymore that I'm performing in. So it's like you, you have to train yourself into treating the ships more like a floating gymnasium than a floating restaurant. That's how we have to treat social media, eh? Because mm. it's the same thing. Is it? I don't it's, know. I'm just wondering if it is. For our mind, it's basically a cruise. And you're Social on the media? Sh- yeah, you're on the ship and you don't have to clean your undies or wash your bum or you don't have to stop eating if you don't want to. You can just keep going and going and going. And then eventually we just don't like it like that. Anyway. That's an interesting analogy. <laughs> well, it's just... Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been, yeah social, you can tell I've been waiting social media, years to speak to social you. Social media is the big breakfast of... Mm. Uh, Oh, that's a great name for a podcast, actually. Yeah. I think it would be a great name for our podcast because yeah. it, it, it kind of means we could eat on it as well. Mm. I'd like that. I'd like nothing more than to have a studio where me and you go to. Hi, Pat. Oh, we could get um, Keto New Zealand Dairy to sponsor us. Oh, I don't really do dairy. Oh, okay, well, we could get someone to sponsor us. What about New Zealand pork? They're looking... Oh, no, seriously. <laughs> so we do the big fry up before. Yeah. And that's our intro. Yeah. And then we have our intro graphics. And then it's just us eating, having a chat. Yep. And What's, then we should probably also have the like number for like heart disease. No, because that's the thing, right? Every second thing's opposite. Now that we're just eating that and we cut everything else out, it's like apparently... Yeah, but it's the cutting everything else out. Yeah, but because you, you, you get unlimited fat, right? So you don't need the carbohydrates because your body... You actually... This is the latest that I've heard from the front line. Controversial character Jordan Peterson only eats meat, right? And he's got his um, blood tested because everyone says you're, gonna, you're not going to get the vitamins. It's come back through the bloods that your body just takes what it can and produces the rest for what you need so you can get everything out of meat if you're a vegan apologies my sister-in-law's a vegan and i said to her one day you know how they say you are what you eat "Mm, i want to be a piece of meat but if you eat vegans yeah yeah Opening opening night on your show. <laughs> <laughs> this episode brought to you by New Zealand Pork and... And Andre Eats. <laughs> Andre Eats. Um, yeah, look, eating's... Were you raised an eater? To be an eater? Because I was. I don't know if I was raised to be an eater. 
um, I, a lot of the food I remember as a kid was pretty awful. Yeah, is meatloaf with wheat bix in it to like stretch it out more. Yeah, fill, that's filler. Right. Yeah, um, tripe and onions and white sauce. Mmm, nothing like a good feed of offal okay. to round out well, your day. When we do our podcast, yeah, that's we're gonna have to bring some of those meals back. No, no, we we really don't. <laughs> that's your fire. That's I, why you've been working hard. So I am, I am to content that. to live with the memory. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't need more. <laughs> uh, I probably went too deep somewhere and got us off our uh, smoking or yeah. vegans. What did you want to talk about? Well, my okay. We'll quickly vegans. go with we'll quickly go. They're hard to roll. <laughs> no, but you Even would smoke more if you're a vegan because, um, you know, because I my sister in law's a vegan mm. and we get on really well. <clears throat> but I said to her that cough wasn't that we don't. It was I just choked. But I said to her one day, I said, um, thanks. I said to my sister in law one day, you know, we're closer than different. We both care where our food comes from. I was arguing the carnivore way of eating, right? Mm. So just meat. We both care where our um, food comes from. We we both cut out most other things. Mm. So we're actually, if you think of that circle, you know, if they've made a joining spot, we're just we're far we're far away because one eats meat, one doesn't. But we actually share a lot of similarities. But you both eat. <laughs> And in that way, you're exactly the same. But careful, because that's how I relate everything together. <laughs> we both have eyes. <laughs> yep, I believe in humanity. We both have skin, man. Yeah. We're the same. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, smoking. So how how long have you been clean? Uh, about a year. Oh, coming up a year. Um, miss it every day? Every day. Yeah. It's just, we're just going to have to live with that, because eh? I'm a former smoker too. Well, it it is what it is, you know. Um, I led a life of adventure as a young man, and uh, as a result of that uh, adventurous lifestyle, I've been shot, stabbed, died, come close to dying a couple times, broken legs, broken ankles, broken arms, broken jaws. Yep. Yeah, and um, now as an older fella. It's all starting to come back and, you know, it's like my body's sitting there going, hey, remember that time you had an acondylar T-fracture in your left ankle? Uh, no, you don't remember that? How about if I make this pain here when it's cold? Do you remember it now? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I remember that one, yeah. Oh, I've got some codeine somewhere. Oh, it'll help me forget. <laughs> you know, so um, there's a lot of... There's a lot of niggles that come back. Like I wake up some mornings and my back feels like I've I've had, you know, like a circus animal, sort of pr- using it like one of those balance boards. <laughs> Maybe that's where you go when you dream, Andre. Maybe. Who knows where I go? You had a car drive into your knees not long ago, eh? A shins, yeah, yeah. Like, can you talk about that, or is that? Yeah. Should we just? Oh, yeah, you know, I can talk about that. Where, so it's like your kid drove into you. Yeah, in my car. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> it buggered you for ages though, right? I'm still buggered. I, really? I, I'm officially uh, uh, about 12.5% disabled. Wow. So I'm, I'm like me less GST. <laughs> um, 
and uh, yeah, it's damaged all the soft tissues in my lower legs, and as a result, now some of the veins are incompetent. Mm. They're called when the valves don't work, so the blood pools in the legs, and then that escapes into the muscle, and then it begins to oxidize. So then all the the staining of the skin starts. So I went and saw a vascular surgeon who told me I have to wear a giant body sock, like a Superman costume. Like what the All Blacks wear is how he described it. And oh. I said, is it like a full body suit, compression suit. And he says, yeah, the All Blacks wear them um, to recover from training. Did you say? And and I looked at my wife and I went, can mine, Can we get mine to look like Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> Shut you, kid. <laughs> so have you got it yet? And uh, No, I haven't got it yet. Uh, but it's quite funny because the doctor says, you know, you really should be more mature about this. And I said, well, if that's your opinion, you can get out of my fort. Um, and <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, uh, that's what I've got to look forward to is I, I now got to wear this full-bodied compression stocking around, which is going to be pretty cool. It's probably not good for us in this uncomfortable seating. Again, this was not designed for me and you. Right, if we have a podcast, I want it to be nice comfy chairs, not these little pokey things that hurt your bum. Oh, uh, my my bum was sore before I got here. <laughs> yeah, okay. So <laughs> we'll go into that in another yeah. episode. Um, so smoking. Yeah. Quit for a while. Uh, smoking is one of those things that if you haven't smoked, it's hard to it's hard to understand that. You, you still want it, even though you're not physically addicted. You're mentally, because uh, it's a ritual, isn't it? If you, for for those people who've never smoked, um, imagine uh, that it's like picking your nose. You know you shouldn't do it in public, but every now and again you get that hankering, <laughs> that little itch in the nostril there. That says to you, there's something hard and crusty up there and it's got to go. <laughs> and you just, you can't stop yourself. <laughs> it's true. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. You have to do it, you know, and there's nothing in the world that can stop you from doing it other than yourself. Reminding yourself constantly, don't pick your nose in public today. Don't pick your nose in public today. Don't pick your nose in public today. Mm-hmm. And then every now and again you forget to say that to yourself and you'll be sitting down at Burger King eating a burger and all of a sudden you feel this greebly thing in your nostril and you absentmindedly just end up sitting there. And then you realise, oh, I'm falling off the wagon. I'm picking. I'm picking my nose in public again. <laughs> that's what. That's what's like smoking. It is. It's like, that's it's like, like smoking. That smoking. having an itch in your butt crack that you're not allowed to scratch. Why would you not be allowed to scratch your butt crack? It's your butt crack. Who else is going to scratch it for you? True that. You've got to see. See, this, I have a theory that we're actually, we're, we're like genetically men are closer to dogs <laughs> okay. than than the great apes. <laughs> yeah. Right. From a genetic perspective. Because I, um, and the reason why I think this is because we are men, and as men we are animals, and as animals when we itch, we we scratch. And it doesn't matter where we are, what we're doing, you know. And I've done this on stage, right, where I've actually said, we could be at a funeral, and if we've got an itch, we're giving it a scratch. It doesn't matter that it's a funeral. I mean, uh, like, and you could literally be up on stage in front of four, five, six hundred strangers, 
just scratching you. You can get deep down into the undercarriage too, and it makes your eyes go like that a little bit. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I think we've just added a segment oh. to the eating show. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, and I, 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 and that's like dogs. Dogs do that, right? Um, it might also be the reason why, as men, after we've had a scratch, we feel the need to smell our fingers afterwards too. That's, I don't know why, but that's, that's definitely a dog thing, isn't it? That's got it. Like, you don't often see monkeys sort of having a scratch around and then going. There must be some reason for that. We must be seeing if there's any danger. <laughs> well, some, you know, some dogs can smell cancer. <laughs> exactly. What are we looking for? I don't know what we're looking for. Laziness. (laughs) (laughs) The remnants of last night's steak. (laughs) Carnivore diet. This episode brought to you by Pork New Zealand. Um, So here's one of my latest running hypotheses on smoking. Uh It's a bit like, okay, should we just preface it by smoking is really bad for you? It kills heaps of people. Now that I've said that. Um, Although I do think that child obesity rates have skyrocketed since they stopped marketing to kids. Yes, and I wonder if depression is. Yeah, because when I was a kid, I smoked enough to at least be thin, and probably it gave you lots of mindful moments. Mm, Yeah, and that's my—that's exactly what I was going to say. Right, we took—we're taking away the smoking thing. We also took away micro breaks. We took away small talk conversations with people. We took away this quick influx of a drug that, not the tar, the drug, the nicotine, nicotine. that just kind of got you to that next phase of the day. And I think like the fat taken out of food, you have to replace it with something. So I wonder if we're replacing that now with, let's say, jumping online for 30 seconds. Even the physical action of, you know, you're looking down. You're isolated, not to mention whatever jungle's happening on the internet. So I'm not saying bring back smoking, but I just think that, you know, we just need to kind of, we're in this zone of taking things See, this away. Is, this is what I was talking about earlier with regards to apathy. Can you define apathy for me? Because I don't know what it means. It is the it is the concerted effort of not caring. Okay. Or having any effort whatsoever. But isn't. Is that what about for you though? You got to care about you, don't you? Yes, but to what extent? Well, yeah, okay. So, do you have to care about yourself to the point where you can't leave the house without spending two hours doing your hair and makeup and making sure that it, you know, your bed's been trimmed to exactly the specifications that you had the day before, and mm. all of your clothes are pristine and new or fresh out the box, and you've got to drive this kind of car and live in this neighbourhood and this kind of house? Some would say yes. Yeah, or maybe that's not the makings for a happy life. Yeah, but when you're putting these self-imposed rules on yourself, isn't it like a way to not be that dog you're talking about? What's wrong with being the dog? Well, it's like a dog. Dogs don't pay rent. Yeah. Dogs dogs, uh, catch their own food. You know, they, they, they spend their days hanging out in the sun, going out, arguing with other dogs, fighting occasionally, mm. coming home, having sex with hot bitches, like literally. 
And then they come and hang out by a fire somewhere. Yeah, but didn't we agree that we feel like we want to be humans? Didn't we agree being humans to this like modern world of having connectivity worldwide and the fact that we can, that you can go on a boat and float and be safe and know you'll be. Yeah, look, I, I, I'm, I never got an, a, a EULA agreement for being human. I never got an end user license agreement. You know, I never signed for, for any of this. All that I want to do is get through it as best I can. Now, on that point, we've talked a couple times in the past, but I think it's worth revisiting. What's the word? Apathy? Mm. Do you think it's apathetic? The, mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you think the reason you are able to understand this word is because you died and came back. Mm. Like I talk a lot up in this podcast about mind blowing moments, right? Yeah. And I try and extract the 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 game changer, the moment where you will never be the same. And then I try and invite the guest to share that. So I will be poking and prodding because I think we need to archive the story for you and your family. But but this idea that you've been to the edge. And you've come back, and oh, dude, I was gone. Yeah, that's I what was I was mean. over the edge. But see, I was back home. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, we'll come back to that. You go. Apathy is a lack of feeling, emotion, interest, or concern about something. Apathy is a state of indifference or the suppression of emotions such as concern, excitement, motivation, or passion. So, see, but it's like moderation. Like everything in moderation, including moderation. Mm. So be apathetic, including apathetic about apathy. Mm. Um, That's why every second thing is opposite. Yeah, I think so to a certain extent. You know, it's opposite. Uh, Sometimes it's not every second. Oh, sorry, I got it wrong because it's second. Yeah. You know, I, I, when I was in the UK, I loved Krispy Kreme donuts. Krispy Kreme donuts, I love them. Uh, and when I found out Krispy Kreme were coming to New Zealand, it was like, ah, I love Krispy Kreme. And then Krispy Kreme's came, and I got like a box of 18, and I just went, oh, I remember these from the UK. It's so good. And, 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 well, I don't feel very well. <laughs> and now, you know, like five years ago, a box of four Krispy Kremes would not have survived the first three minutes of this podcast. Mm. But now I'm looking at them and saying, meh, I can... I can have one or not. I don't care. Yeah. Mm. There's a certain amount. like, And I, I've, I've listened to your podcast yeah. and I've listened to your guests and all the motivational speakers. And, you know, I'm so glad that they're Kiwis as well. Because if they were American up there going, you got to do it. You got to get out of bed. You got to attack the day. Oh! <laughs> I don't. I don't think I could deal with that. Mm. You know, uh, Kiwis are more uh, understated. You know, you've got to do it. You've yeah. got to get out of bed. You've got to get out of bed, <laughs> and you've got to attack the day if you want to. Yeah, but um, <laughs> you know, you can attack the day in different ways. Mm. You, you can take the time. To like this morning, I was ten minutes late to get here, mm. but I rang you to say that I was I was running late to get here, 
um, it's not a big deal. You're such a comedian, though. You comedians, like, I've interviewed a few of your kind. We are a different breed. You care about little weird things, like making sure if you've said to someone something that you honour that. Yeah. It's just a, it's a really amazing thing that I've only noticed from, like, I've talked to professors, prime ministers, all of these people, but the comedians are the ones that, you know, you just care about the smallest little detail. See, now for me, mm. I left home at about 22, 22 11, mm. right? And I thought, I'll st- I, I think that I'm going to be a couple of minutes late. So what I'll do is I'll stop and I'll, I'll pick up some treats by way of, sorry, I'm a bit late. Let's in, let's break bread together like brothers, right? Uh, and then, of course, there was a whole heap of rigmarole that occurred. And then I seemed to catch every red light on the way here. And it's like, oh, I'm going to be way later than I thought I was. I'm glad that I've actually stopped to pick up some sweet treats, you know, to, to hand them out. So that I've, I'm not just showing up empty handed going, hey, I didn't care about any of this. <laughs> you know, I'm, and it's. It's not. It's being selective with what you care about. I just think that comedians are so thankful when people dig their stuff. Uh, and yeah. you've forever re- well, yeah. you've you've you you know you took I talk, said it to you on the phone that I've put all my eggs in hope. I hope for. I hope that whatever we've created that makes us not dogs and whatever we are today. I hope that's enough for whatever needs to be done so we can continue living. I hope it's enough, you know? I don't what? know. What, what, why? Why? Well, why? because... Why do you do that? Because I quite enjoy... I quite enjoy... Uh, I think I'm an example of someone who's got through without the... Like, I haven't died and come back, Andre, right? I haven't had too many horrible things, although I've had some horrible things. That's what I mean. Like, I've had... it just enough things that I could get over you know and keep going and enjoy most moments mm. you know I don't I, I've i spoken to guests who could only live in the past and the future like Andre I'm an example of someone who if done right by people around me and you push through the door I only live in the now and it's it's not a bad place and so that's that's my hope is that all of this bells and whistles we've got phones and technology drives us that more of us can live without the fear that you know like it must have been horrible not knowing where your food's coming from and still people live in the world like that but for example if you had to like grow a crop that's not something you work out today for tomorrow that's something you have to work out yesterday a long time ago so that yeah but that's something that you have to work out yesterday a long time ago for a reward that you're not going to reap until the future. So you're living sort of both in the past and the future Mm. and your present is filled with toil and labor and work and stress and anxiety and worry. Yes, but that's that's no way to live. No, but that's what we've done in this because we're not dogs and because we don't have to scratch our nuts and smell it. Even though we, we do. choose to. <laughs> Isn't that one of the jokes? Why yeah. the dogs lick their paws? Because they can. You know? I thought it was because they couldn't make a fist. Because, <laughs> you know, if they could make a fist. What? 
Oh, <laughs> they don't have thumbs. But you know, How are they going to make a vi- anyway? So the whole point was so that we could live in the now, so that we didn't have to worry, right? So that w- the modern world was supposed to make us not worry. Okay, it's not working out that great because it seems like worries at an all-time high, suicides at an all-time high, depressions at an all-time high. You know what it is? Yeah. Before, uh, technology has given us time, mm. right? Um, and I think uh, uh, you had Wade on, and he, and he was saying that, yeah, technology has given us this time that we have to all sit around and behave like philosophers thinking mm. about shit. Um, and I think I think to, to a certain extent that's true. Um, back... I think we as human beings def- have a tendency to define our very existence by the misery that we endure. Um, the, uh, the There was a great thing I read in uh, Michael Caine's autobiography where as a kid growing up in the Blitz, during the Blitz in, uh, in, in London, they went walking down his high street and there was a uh, shop that had been bombed out and there was only one pane of glass that was intact on the shop and on it someone had written shop closed today but if you think this is bad you should see our berlin branch <laughs> ah, i i read that and i i that tackled me it really did you know that's the level of the sense of humor that somebody still has despite everything around them being destroyed. Their livelihood's gone, their way of life has changed, you know, probably irreparably. Uh, oh, well, one pane of glass. Mm. I mean, if that was me, if I would, if that was my shop and there was one pane of glass left, I would have broken it, just, just so that it was uniform. Otherwise, it would have just pinged my OCD. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I think technology... Uh, in this day and age has freed up a certain amount of time. Now, the problem that we've got is that we don't have, our generation doesn't have a a great depression. Our generation is not running off fighting wars. Not in New Zealand. Our our guys, our soldiers are all off on peacekeeping missions. They're, you know, for the most part. Mm. You know, there's, there's a few that are sort of bolted on to other armies sort of in other places but we don't have this big thing to occupy our time so as a result all we see are the little niggly things that need to be changed Um, some things are absolutely 100% accurate they do need to be changed like um uh, same-sex marriage that ha- that needed to be changed. Those laws needed to be repealed. Um, abortion laws they they need to be changed so that it's not illegal. You know, a, a woman should have a right to choose what happens with her own body. Um, and then there are other things that perhaps cater to minorities that would be nice, but are impractical. We've gone from having two genders to having multiple genders. I'm okay if you want to identify as whatever gender you want to identify. I've got two 18-year-old kids. I'm still waiting to find out what gender they decide they are. Um, But do we really need nine different toilets? 
regardless of what gender you you choose to be, do you not shit and piss the same as the rest of us? Mm. And isn't the clean-up the same? Aren't we the same people, man? We've all got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we both have eyes? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's... Uh, Probably it, just should be one toilet, right? It should be just one yeah, toilet. Just call a toilet, and that's where you go to... That's where everybody goes. <laughs> yeah. That's where everybody went before. Well, as soon as we start that we don't all go to the same place, I think that's where problems come in. Well, eh? that's that's where you start bringing in separation. Mm. And having, you know, as, as you know, when I when I drowned as a, as a kid. Well, okay, but we've got to go into this. Because I know, but I, I don't have a perfect memory. Well... I drowned. <laughs> As a kid. As a kid. Thanks. Okay, I'm up to play now. All right, cool. <laughs> no, 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 but you died. Yeah. Yeah, I, I died. It was quite a significant chunk of time. You remember too. it like it was yesterday? You remember it like it was today? Uh, n- not not like it was yesterday. I, I, I remember uh, sort of the event itself, but I mean... What happened? How, how did you find yourself... Unsupervised near water? Oh, I was supervised. Oh. So so what was the... Well, I, I had a, a tank loaf of bread that was stale. And uh, my little three-year-old fingers weren't strong enough to break the bread. It was that stale. So my father, in his wisdom, told me to go and dunk the bread in the water and it would make it soft. Mm. And then I could break the bread and feed the ducks. So, of course, I put the bread in the water, dunked it, and it was so dry, it floated. It didn't didn't take on any water so i pushed it underneath the water at which point it got very heavy and very soft very quickly and i could feel my hand closing through it and i thought oh i'm gonna lose my bread so of course i leaned over further to try and get underneath it but then lost my balance and went tumbling into the water and apparently my dad didn't notice (laughs) um because i ended up uh chest deep in weed and you see the duck's legs sort of feet paddling away from me across the top of the water I remember thinking well that's pretty cool and in the distance I could see all this weed growing up and uh, from the bottom of the pond and I thought oh that looks like a forest and then I thought I bet there's treasure in there that was my first thought I bet there's treasure in there I bet somebody's been out on this pond on a boat and they've dropped something like a gold watch over the side and I could be the one to find it because I'm here now oh but I need to breathe because I'm holding my breath, but I, I feel like I need to breathe. So I took a breath and just went, and then went, huh, I can breathe underwater. How come nobody told me I could breathe underwater? So I took another breath and went, this is amazing. This is a game changer. I had no idea that I could breathe underwater. So I'm like sort of just trying to cruise around, breathing underwater, and... um and then I started to get like a tinnitus ringing in, in the ears, like a high C. Just a, uh, but it started off real quiet. It was like real subtle, you know. And uh, then I remember my vision sort of fading from the outside, sort of just getting darker and darker and darker. And as the vision got darker and darker, the, the ringing in my ears got louder and louder and louder until there was no vision, it was just darkness. And the the noise was deafening. It was absolute, just a cacophony. It was mind-bogglingly loud to the point 
where I began to realize that it wasn't just a high C, it was every noise that had ever been made in the history of the universe all being made at exactly the same time. Oof. Um, and once I had that realization, it became so loud, it was silent. There was nothing but the noise. Um, and then the darkness, it was like I was being pulled away from the darkness. Like if, if this was a screen and it's completely black, it's off. And I'm here in front of it, that's all I can see. But then after death, it was like sort of floating further and further and further and further away from it. And the further and further and further away I got, the more I realized it's just one black spot next to another black spot next to another black spot. And it was like uh, static on a television being revealed. Mm. Um, and then you, I sort of ended up a certain distance away from it. And it reminded me of um, the paper sheets in a, in a pianola, an automatic piano. Uh, that has the holes punched into it and it winds through and it tells which keys to play. And I remember looking up at this one dark spot there and going, that's my spot. Mm. This is the noise of the universe and that spot there, that's my spot. And as soon as I had that thought, I moved towards it. But I didn't have arms or legs. I was just consciousness if you like uh, I wasn't hot I wasn't cold I wasn't scared there was no fear it was just the realisation that that was my spot and the noise that's where I belonged so and I ended up inside this like divot this recess sort of thing and uh, I was face down in that and I said oh I'm facing the wrong way so I turned around and as I turned around and looked out it's the universe. I could see stars and gas clouds and nebulas. And and bearing in mind, I'm three years old, mm -hmm. so I have no conscious knowledge of this. I have no training in religion. Uh, I, I can barely string, you know, single-syllable words together at this point. Um, and, of course, I look over to my left, and there was another one of these pods and inside it was a person and i waved at them and they went ah! and as soon as that as soon as i turned back that's when there was a bright flash and like the sucking sound and uh yeah the next thing i know i'm spitting up water uh looking at a, a st john's ambulance guy you've told that story for me a couple of times hmm. and i always think about that when i think of trying to articulate because you know on this podcast i do i do attempt to kind of like bridge the gap with well what what is this religion stuff we talk about you know like for me i grew up um in a very i guess a spiritual way but i didn't have to i didn't have to uh i didn't have to study it i didn't have to do you know i just i was just around it so i've kind of had the best of both worlds if you know what i mean i have um i've seen only the good parts of people with faith but also i've been able to have whatever thought i want in my head say whatever out of my mouth mm -hmm. marry be with whoever i want to be and i just wonder if you well two things one how can you see that and not be apathetic 
like for me that's that's the reason you can have a unique perspective like hey just don't care so much because let me share with you this other thing well i i grew up um confident in the knowledge that this wasn't it mm. this wasn't the be all and end all there's there's more to it um and i've heard people describing the tra- the the, the journey to the other side and people being on the other side are just in the next room. And, you know, you can't see them, mm. you can't hear them, but they're just in the next room and you'll get to go in that next room when you're ready. Um, and that's probably as, as apt description as I've ever heard. Um, but I did grow up, you know, confident in the knowledge that this wasn't the end of it. And because I know that this isn't the end of it, I also know that it doesn't doesn't really matter. The only thing we can do is do what we can to enjoy the life that we've got here and now, which means being kind and maybe not caring so much about all this other Mm. little bullshit and words like triggered and mm. keto diets and <laughs> high fat, yeah. high fructose syrup. Yeah. You know, I mean, keto's been around for 50, 60 years. Um, paleo's been around for 10,000 years. Yeah. Uh, these these diets are nothing new. The, these fashion trends are nothing new. They've been around for eons. You know, but just because they get packaged in a new way and the advertising is delivered in a new way makes it seem like it's a new thing. It's mm. not. It's the same old shit. And why get overly excited about the same old shit? You live long enough, you start to recognize the patterns of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But hold on a minute, because every second thing is opposite. I really get excited. I just want to talk like this with you every time we catch up. And that's hey, look, the same man, I, 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 Look, we get sucked in. I got excited about Endgame. Yeah. I got excited about the game series eight of Game of Thrones. Yeah. You know, these things, we sometimes we can't help ourselves. And again, it comes back to, you know, everything in moderation, including moderation. Be apathetic about everything, including apathy. Was that your mind-blowing moment as a three-year-old? Or do you have something that's uh, kind of... Um... I've had several mind-blowing moments. Mm. That was not one of them. Okay. Yeah. Was that a meaningful moment? No. That just was, a moment. That was just a moment. Mm. I didn't know. My three-year-old self didn't know that other people didn't have the same experience. Yeah. It's, it, in fact, it was, it was so not a moment for me. I, I, I don't even know if I really told anyone about it. Mm. You know, it wasn't until later on um, in my teens where we started talking about sort of you know, life and death and stuff like that and sort of getting more into religion and the history of religion that, um, you know, they're like, you know, I, I had a pastor telling me, when you die, this is what happens. You're up to heaven. There's pearly gates and St. Peter's there. And, of course, I'm looking at this guy going, uh, no, no, none, none of that happened. And he's like, no, 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 it's in the Bible. Yeah, it's the word of God. And it's like, well, then the word is wrong. Did he actually write it? And, oh, no, 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 men wrote it. But men is, man is fundamentally flawed. It says that in the book. <laughs> so if men wrote it, then there's a chance they got it wrong. 
no, no, they kind of got it wrong because God told them to write it. Like, but you ever played Chinese whispers? Like, what if God just whispered to them, hey, man, I want you to write a book and say, I love so <laughs> Have you heard anybody eat lately? <laughs> and maybe that's what God was saying. Have you heard anybody eat lately? <laughs> and the guy sitting there going, what? You want me to write something for people to read lately? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what do I write about? I, is, uh, you shouldn't uh, wear cotton and wool together. You'll die. <laughs> you got to cut the tip off your son's dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be a sound bite. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. There's like, ah, oh, yeah, I get it. It's I get just, it. but what 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 are we talking about here then? What are we saying? This is, bro. Is it just? Is it that? You just, it's you can't define it. Is it that the closer you try and put things in a box? life doesn't exist that way like it's something like you have back in the old school days you had 24 pictures on your camera it was your job to try and take one picture maybe that came out good or a series but you when you try and capture life it's just too much it's too vast it's too big it's too vast it's too big even for us yeah yeah and you that's know. what we're battling with right we're trying yeah. the only place you've got to go in your head is to say well it's nothing because it's too big to control then i'm trying to find a practical way for people to manage this thing you know like regardless what we think us now we know stuff right we we think we know we stuff. think we know stuff. we're aware of how hey, fast I, it is. I, i'm aware now yeah. in this day and age that my memory my recall of that event when i was three could be way off base mm. for all i know that uh, a hypoxia induced vision mm. of a potential occurrence when one passes over yeah like a like they say a series of like yeah. signs yeah a series of things for but but yeah maybe it because because it is both of those things bro eh? it's it is it's, that it's, and it's, it's the other it's schrodinger's cat man it's what it, schrodinger's cat it exists and it doesn't exist yeah, at exactly yeah. the same time yeah it's real or it's not real mm. at the same time mm. um the difference is is that i've chosen to accept it as being true and accurate as far as my uh, recollection of mm -hmm. what occurs and based on that I've been able to sort of muddle my way through life and just try and be as, as good a person as I can but I'm human, I'm fallible mm -hmm. so I'm aware that for some people I've been really lovely and then for others I've been a dick and you know, I'm sorry but it's not like Whoever I've been a dick to hasn't been a dick themselves at some point. So maybe you got what you deserved and should stop picking on me, assholes. Huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this, man. No, no. Stuff is just falling out at this point. It's exactly. Well, we're it's the longest podcast I've had in this podcast. So congratulations on that. Oh, thanks. Thanks, <laughs> you, man. Yeah, it's you great. get um actually. Oh, uh, you get Oh, look, we get a, we get a, we get a prize. There you go. <laughs> For the, that's the thumbnail. <laughs> I'm going to send that to Krispy Kreme. Uh Andre <laughs> This is great. It's great for the people listening too. 
Because they're like, what the hell's he doing? <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm still doing the hand bodily thing. Okay. Just stroking the box. Whoa. Um, oh, yeah. That sounded way dirtier. Than, triggered. Yeah. What? Everybody's triggered now. Yeah, the whole world. <sighs> Do you have a mind-blowing moment? Yes, I have many mind blowing moments. What's one you can share with us that um, you know frame has helped frame your mind up, framed your mind up to face this world. Being a soldier, mm. um, and on watch at dawn, watching the sun come up over the Rangipo Desert, sitting there with my freshly shaved head, wearing my DPMs and a fifty pound pack, holding a rifle, watching the birth of a new day. Coming up, you know, the shadows on the tussock grass, the uh, the the cessation of the uh, the the insects at night, you know, making way to the dawning of uh, of the birds' chorus in the mornings. That was a pretty profound moment for me. Right. That was a moment where I sat there, looked at my rifle, and went, "What the hell am I doing?" Really? Yeah. Do you think people have that? In today's world, where they sit their desk, I don't know what the hell am I doing? What the hell am I doing? I want us to say that. Why am I here looking at this with a rifle? And then I thought, maybe I'm meant to be here looking at this with my rifle so that I can have this thought. (laughs) Yeah, um, working on the ships, man, like there are there are very few things in this world that terrifies me, but working on ships is one of them. Mm. Uh, at night, out in the out in the uh, the ocean there, you have the lights on board the ships, and that's it. On this side of the railing, where you are standing on the deck, and it's all lit up, that is life. On the other side of that railing, where it is just inky black darkness... That is real life. <laughs> that is that is death right there. No, that's the other way and around. You, you stand, you stand. Oh, well, I, I found myself standing, holding on, gripping onto that railing, mm. knowing that if I stayed on this side, I would continue in this existence. But if for whatever reason I ended up on the other side, then that's how I'm gone. Dog tucker. Do- done. Done and dusted. Gone. Moving on. Mm. Turn the page. Mm. New chapter, please. And uh, that that terrified me. Mm. Not death itself, but the prospect of being in the water when it's dark and not being able to tell which way was up. So I, I think I was more terrified of the discombobulation, right? The the the. Uh, the lack of being able to be orientated, oriented. But I think that's oriented. what's happening in our world, right? You know, we. No, yeah, and exactly. Yeah. I think that's what's happening now with this, with the uh, amount of technology that we have. We have so much time that uh, we're discombobulated. Yeah, we're 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 disconnected because yes. we're plugged in. That's the irony of it, bro. Yeah, it's that if we are plugged in, just not where it counts. Mm. Andre, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Um, I are we finished? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, two years, two years I've waited for this conversation. 
Yeah, oh, it's been the longest conversation we've had in here, man. It's time to go. It's, uh, just shuffle your old eclectic ass on out the door there, buddy. No, I thought what we've worked out in this podcast is we've got to start our own. We're going to start our own, and it's called, what is it, Breakfast? Big Breakfast. Big, the Big Breakfast. Yeah. Isn't that a radio show? Who cares? I don't know. Yeah. Let's be apathetic about things like copyright. <laughs> This episode brought to you in jail. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I am serious. Uh, if 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 the podcast can keep bringing us together to talk, I'm a happy man. You know I don't come here for the podcast, right? I know you don't, but I said to you on the phone that we have one of those relationships where mm. more of our time is spent being recorded. And for now... Oh, that's just like a trade and we have to make because if you know we just have we're like adults and we're getting stuff done and it's like you are live we, at sea we like you live adults? at sea bro i can't just roll around that's true i text you and, I was like, and you're like oh yeah i'm uh i'll be back on for two weeks in the I'm middle in, of i'm in tahiti i'm in west of westeros <laughs> you are aria i'm trying to find aria <laughs> actually uh, i'm on the aria true yeah yeah. Wow. On the 9th, I joined the Aria, the P&O Aria in Vanuatu. And then um, we've got a comedy cruise on, I think, the 21st of, of June. True. Yeah, so it's like three days, Auckland to Auckland. You should come on that, man. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay, well, my wife's going to Germany a couple of days later. When is it? 20? 21st to 23rd, I think. Hang on. Okay. Do you know what? Do you know something's weird? I've never been to a comedy show. You, you, that is weird. Do you know why? Because I think it's strange when people all sit together and laugh. That makes me strange, though. 21st. So leaves on Friday the 21st of June and gets back on Monday the Can 24th. anyone book tickets? Yeah. So where should people go if they want to come along and see the king? Uh, I don't know. House of Travel? <laughs> Wherever you book tickets to go on a cruise ship, plugged like a boss. I don't. I don't have to. I don't, I don't know. I don't have to book tickets to go on this. They pay me to go on. Yeah, but you want this is like the moment where the audience can. Oh, I've got to go check it out and book my ticket. House travel, search comedy, search uh, P and O Aria. Uh, comedy cruise, Auckland. Search Game of Thrones yeah. season eight. Search Andre King comedian at Andre King comedy, and uh, don't forget to subscribe. Have you got any acting stuff on the go? Yeah, man, I'm on um, the High Road, uh, which is available on Lightbox. True. What's that about? Uh, it's about a uh, rocker who's retired to Piha, um and started up his own radio show. And Mark Mitchinson's in the lead role. Cool. I, I play his his mate, Kevin. Um, Kev. Who's an arsehole. <laughs> um, and he's more of an arsehole because um, uh, Terry Huffer has basically got the hots for my wife. And as a result of him having the hots for my wife, the wife and I have divorced. Ooh. So, of course, it's a comedy. Yeah. Um and uh, yeah, so Mark Mitchinson's in it. I'm in it. Tommy Etty's in it. Um, Emma Thompson's in it. Uh, Kirk Torrance, he's in there for a wee bit. Cohen Holloway, who just done uh, just 
on fresh eggs at the moment. He's mm. in it as well. Any um, any thoughts on being in a Marvel film? Are you going to be in a Marvel film? You probably couldn't tell us if you were. Okay, Kevin Feige's he's got you. Okay, I get it. Sweet ass. No sweat. There's no Marvel films in my future, bro. Well, you can't say that. No, I can say that. Why? Because I wouldn't do them. Really? Yeah. Just too much? It's just a, it's a lot of running around. <laughs> you know, what if you just had the voice Groot? What? I am Groot. Maybe it no. could be like, you know, like, a, or you could be one of the rock people like Taika. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Triggered. This is new dunk. <laughs> you just uncle. Uncle. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else in general? Um, you used to have Andre King moments when we had podcasts. You brought a little book around. And oh, yeah. Read my, you still write like that? My thoughts and witticisms. Yes. There was... Um, did you... Uh, I wrote a... Uh, I did an exercise in creative writing on my Facebook page. Right. Back in... I think it was 2000 and... 2009 I want to to say it's 2009 I'm not sure it's 10 years ago yeah because 2000s everything seems like it's just 2009 yeah it's 10 years ago but um, yeah that was that was interesting it was kind of a poem an elongated sort of epic uh, based on a conversation with death and the previous lives that I'd had and the memories of previous lives that I'd had. Mm. Yeah. That's deep. And it was all about death, you know, coming to sit at my table again in this life and uh, how this wasn't the first time we'd danced together, death and I. You make it sound like it's all about, yeah, just don't worry about it. But I feel like there's, there's a real deep undertone of intense meaning oh, look just because there's intense meaning doesn't mean that you have to care about it <laughs> <laughs> I mean I like I like the artistry of, of words and the imagery of stories um, the uh, I, I love that as a comic I can tell a story and build those images in other people's heads so that they get to see what I've lived through um, from their own perspective mm. and and sort of appreciate the emotions that occur as a result of the, some of the situations I get into. Um, it's, a, it's a form of magic, man. Mm. It's a form of magic. Your magic, Andre. I want to shake your hand. Give me a weird high five. Thank you for blowing my mind. Thank you for blowing the audience mine and um until our next podcast <laughs> it couldn't have ended any other way yes it could <laughs> well it could have ended a myriad of other like, ways you know, but you could i went with this one something deep and meaningful <laughs> but, well eating is deep and meaningful nah thank you brother thank you bro